Well, at, at this time, it would appear that um, God's Spirit is um, emphasizing and uh, promoting, encouraging us uh, to pray. And uh, this morning, amen, we're going to set our focus there. And again, we'll be reading from Philippians chapter 4. You know, when I look in, um, I have a sermon file, and uh, just over the years, you know, I don't know how many, just thousand, but prayer, you know, I, I live, when I, when I preach on prayer and uh, log a message in, uh, you know, prayer number one, prayer two, prayer three, prayer four, prayer five, prayer six, and I got, you know, I don't know, just lots of messages on, on prayer and, uh, the Holy Ghost, you know, we need to be men and women of prayer. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of places I was in churches that canceled prayer meetings. Brother Bob, he testified he was in a church and I, you know, I, I'm not speaking yay or nay, although I think every church ought to have a prayer meeting, but he was in a church that didn't want to have a prayer meeting or the pastor wouldn't have one. But, but you've been in a place where prayer has been emphasized greatly. And that's, it, it's really not an understatement because when you, uh, you know, I've preached on prayer probably, probably more than anything else, I would think. Um, and, and it's been taught and, and we've, we've had corporate prayer meetings and we have daily prayer meetings and, and we should be men and women of prayer. Every one of us, every uh, resource, every spiritual resource that you as a believer, amen, that God could provide you through the local church to strengthen you, to encourage you, to teach you, and to establish you in prayer has been given to you. Amen? You're, you're, you're a blessed people in that regard. And uh, you should be flourishing in your prayer life, amen. And uh, you know, again, we're going through a season, and as a pastor, um, you know, you just preach what the Spirit of God lays on your heart. And there are times when I begin to preach on prayer, and I think I've preached so much on prayer. People are probably, but I've just got to obey God and continue to emphasize what the Spirit of God wants emphasized, amen. So again, the the Holy Ghost is is pleading with us. To pray and to seek his face while there's time. Amen. This morning, amen, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And this will be, amen, just a, just a basic teaching, an encouragement, hopefully, for those who truly want to seek God. Amen. amen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, we know, Lord, you have ordained, intended, commanded that your house and your people be a house and a people of prayer. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord, as you continue to speak to us, and continue to draw us by your spirit and build our faith, Lord, by your word, that we would be that people that you've called us to be, who indeed seek your face, that we might have life in these days of darkness and death. We ask it in the name of Jesus. 
Everyone say amen and amen. Here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 here, what's communicated is this divine cure for all fear. And when we, when we think about fear in the spiritual sense, uh, it has a much broader, you know, implication than just, uh, you know, terror or being afraid in just the simplest sense. Amen. Amen. When we, we talk about a, a cure, amen, or a method against fear, we're speaking of a refuge from all doubt and all unbelief. And you don't have to live in fear. Amen. You don't have to live, uh, in, in a life of turmoil where you're constantly up and down, constantly uh, waging this warfare in your mind, wondering if you're going to survive spiritually. That's not the normal Christian life. Amen. That's not what God intended for you. There's something wrong. There's something amiss if that's your experience. Amen. You don't have to constantly entertain doubt and unbelief. Amen. As a Christian, I'm not, you know, walking around, uh, you know, for days and weeks wondering whether the Bible's true or somebody said something, I heard something, I saw something that made me doubt the Bible. Perhaps this is real, uh, not real, or perhaps, amen, my Bible has errors in it. That's not my experience at all, amen. I'm resting in the Word of God. I've settled. There's something settled in my spirit, something settled in my heart. The Bible is true, amen, and I'm not going to to doubt it. Amen. You don't have to live like that. If you're living like that, if that's your experience, then something is amiss in your spirit. Amen. Uh, what we have here is also a heavenly prescription for securing the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. And the peace of God is of the utmost importance. Amen. In other words, my experience, I'm, I'm uh, communicating to you. I'm speaking of peace. Amen. There's, there's not an inner warfare. I'm resting in the Lord Jesus Christ in regards, amen, to the validity of his word. Amen. There's not this constant. Now, I'm not saying there is a battle. Of course, there is a warfare, but uh, the experience that many Christians seem to have in this hour. Really, you you talk to people and you wonder, amen, I mean, you can, uh, if they're going to make it another two or three months or will they make, Will they be here next year at this time where they're just almost, you know, to the place of throwing in the towel. That's not what God intended. You're to be, to, to be walking in the peace of God. Amen. The peace of God is of the utmost importance for believers because our hearts and our minds are kept by that peace. As John as uh, John wrote in John 16 and 33 of Jesus' words, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. 
but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. This is the experience that God has ordained for you and I. Yes, we're going to face trouble. We're going to face difficulties, tribulation, amen, but we're to walk in the peace of God. Indeed, as Christians, we face opposition. We experience trouble, but God has not left us without remedy, amen. There can be peace in the midst of every storm. Now, in every test, the enemy aims to dislodge us from the will of God by tempting us to take our eyes off the person of Jesus. It says in Ephesians 6 and 11 that we are to put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, in the midst of the conflict, in the midst, amen, of the warfare, God intends for you to stand while the enemy, amen, wants to influence you and I to fall, to move us, amen, from our steadfastness. And he doesn't necessarily need, uh, you know, a catastrophic event to do that. In fact, I believe the devil many times would uh, want to avoid the catastrophic because when there's catastrophic events in people's lives, often, amen, they're humbled and they they begin to seek God. Amen. So the devil, I, I believe many times, would just prefer to use the daily tests of life. Amen. Just the things that you face in and out every day to live as a Christian, to walk according to the Bible. Amen. To fulfill your calling as a man or woman of God. Amen. To, to love your obligation to love one another. Amen. So uh, the devil doesn't necessarily Necessarily need to kill one of your children, amen, to seek to rattle you, amen. He just wants to wear you down every day with the demands of life. Somebody say amen. Yet we should never allow, amen, our natural circumstances to dictate our inner spiritual state because the Bible commands us to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. However, we would concede that what we see and what we feel and what we sense are often powerful tools that the devil uses to cast a shadow of doubt, amen, perhaps on the character of God, maybe on the way, amen, perhaps on a brother or sister. He brings accusation. He tries to divide relationships. He is always scheming and plotting, amen, but his ultimate aim is to cause you to fall away from God, amen. But pure biblical faith, those who truly walk by faith and live by faith, who possess faith in the heart, that faith always compels them to rest in the Word of God. Because the object of true faith is the Scriptures. Amen. We can discern the will of God by simply knowing and applying the Scriptures to our lives. Or in other words, allowing Jesus to be Lord. Amen. This is just to submit to the Prince of Peace. Colossians 3 and 5, 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now there's that word, rule, government, submission, order, authority. 
And that speaks of the Lordship of Christ. If Jesus is not your Lord, amen, then you cannot allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. So, you know, the first thing we have to point out is you have to have your priorities right. If your priorities are not right, then nothing is ever going to work for you. Amen. And I've tried to teach this over and over and over again for years and years and some Some people get it, and some people don't. Jesus has to be first in everything. And that's going to be manifested in your life, not because you sing the loudest at church. Amen. Are you, are you preach on the street? Are you homeschool? No, it's going to be revealed by a consistent pattern that you give Jesus the preeminence in every single choice daily. Somebody said amen. If your wife or if your husband is more important than you, if you, if you push Jesus behind your wife, if you push Jesus behind your husband, if you push Jesus behind your children occasionally, then your priorities are wrong. Amen. Do you understand me? Your priority, if you push Jesus, amen, behind your job, you push Jesus behind your relatives, you push Jesus behind anything, your priorities are wrong, amen? And you can take principles of the Scripture and try to apply those Scriptures uh, uh, to your life, and it's not going to work because Jesus is going to have to be Lord, amen? you got to get your priorities straight. And when your priorities are straight, you'll find the Bible works. Amen. It works every single time. But there's just areas of life that you just have to write down here. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm not going to compromise. This is the way I'm going to live no matter what it costs me. Amen. Set your priorities. Amen. In order. This supernatural peace, this peace of God, that we are to allow, let, amen, the peace of God rule in our hearts. This will enable us to overcome in the midst of every trying circumstance. But how do we realize such peace? Well, these verses in Philippians 4 reveal the basic conditions to possess and to maintain such peace. And if we'll follow these biblical instructions, amen, then the peace of God will indeed rule and reign in our hearts and our lives. Very simple. Amen. Just write down the page things that we've heard over and over again. Amen. But things that lots of people refuse to incorporate in their spiritual walk. First of all, we should cast aside all anxiety and all worry. All fretting, amen, should be cast aside. Those thoughts of fret, those thoughts of worry have to be taken captive and be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. That word careful in the Greek, it means to be anxious about. So we're charged here. Be careful for nothing. Amen. Do not be anxious about anything. Amen. Which of you, Jesus said, taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? So what is Jesus teaching us? He's teaching us 
that we should recognize that we're incapable of helping ourselves. We're incapable, amen, of helping the situation or the circumstance by merely worrying about it, being anxious about it, fretting about it. It's completely, absolutely unprofitable. It's not neutral. It's a negative thing. It's something that we're commanded not to do. Now, let me qualify that because, you know, uh, you know, being a father, for example, and teaching my children, uh, you know, uh, and teaching others and discipling, sometimes as you're uh, disciplining people and you're correcting them for their ineptness, amen, or their sin or their uh, lack of respect or whatever it may be, you know, the thought on the, uh, that rebellion, you know, why are you anxious? In other words, almost leveling an, uh, an accusation, you know, with, uh, if you'd obey the Bible, you, you would even be worried about, no, 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 amen, we're not talking about when you have a moral responsibility to discipline, amen, and to teach, amen, and to address and confront error uh, uh, in those who are put under your spiritual care. In other words, young people, don't accuse your mother and father, amen, when they, you know, uh, fuss at you or correct you for not cleaning your room and allow the devil to say, well, Brother Britt read that Jesus said that they shouldn't take thought. So why are they taking thought? about my room. That's a misapplication of Scripture. Amen? So, but, generally speaking, amen, we should not worry, and really that's not worry. Correcting someone who needs correction under uh, our spiritual care is not uh, being careful, amen, or anxious or worrying Necessarily, we shouldn't let that affect our spirit. Somebody say amen. But, uh, we should be uh, dealing with those who are put under our care. Moreover, amen, to be anxious or to worry, it is injurious to our own spiritual life. Anxiety cannot change the condition, amen, of anything from bad to good, but instead it will impair our own spiritual progress. Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care. Amen. This is the same word. The worries of this world choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. That's being careful. Amen. Uh, we find here in Philippians 4, be careful for nothing. But if we are careful for many things, then it can choke the word of God in our life and cause it to be unfruitful. So the temptation to worry, as we pointed out, is designed to unsettle us and to distract us from the person of Jesus, who is our strength. And so the apostle warns the Philippians here against fretting, and he offers them instructions for maintaining the peace of God. Well, well, why did he do that? Because there's evidence in the natural that these believers at Philippi had every reason, amen, to be anxious. You see, in the epistle, Paul mentions false teachers, he mentions persecution, he mentions disunity, he mentions sickness and death. Some of the challenges, just some of the challenges 
that were facing the Philippians. So in the midst of such temptations and such tests and trials, the only way the believer can avoid worry is to walk in a supernatural grace. That's why God has provided, amen, this peace. And that peace is for you and I so that we can negotiate just what we have to face in our pilgrimage, amen, to complete or endure until the end. Amen. This There's an answer, in other words, to worry. There's an answer to anxiety, amen, a supernatural answer, and that answer is the peace of God. That's God's method of enabling us to conquer worry, to conquer fretting and anxiety by infusing us with a supernatural peace, Ephesians 3 and 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Oh, that's what I need every day. Isn't that what you need? To be straight. And if you've experienced, have you experienced that before when you, when you've walked in that uh, infusion of divine power and grace? Amen. Well, God wants to strengthen, amen, us with his might by his spirit in the inner man. And he wants to do that every day. And if we'll follow, amen, these instructions here, then we can receive, amen, and experience that. Such great and wonderful peace that it carries us right through every trial. And, and we see this. Uh, we've seen it in testimonies of brothers and sisters that we've been privileged to watch go through very difficult things. And you can see there, there's a supernatural grace that they're experiencing. As a pastor, I've seen both sides of that. I've seen people go, uh, go through things that you, you just wonder if they'll, if they'll be able to survive. And, and not only do they survive, they flourish. Amen. Because they follow the Bible and they believe the Word of God. And in that test or in that trial, God gives them grace. And then you see other people, they can't pay their electric bill and they're ready to, you know, ready to crucify Jesus afresh. They're really not going through anything. Amen. But they just every day up and down. Amen. Just want to cut Jesus' throat over just about anything they face that's a discouragement. Amen. You see, we need to be seekers of God. And if we seek God, we'll find his peace. Now, lack of the peace of God will always give way to anxiety and worry. I remember uh, my first pastor, Dwight Pate, he used to say, you know, if you're going to worry, then don't pray. Amen. But if you're going to pray, then don't worry. In other words, it's one or the other. Amen. You're either going to be praying and putting these things consciously. You see, listen to me. This is not something you can believe just in theory. Everybody, amen. But when you counsel people and they're going through something, oh, my wife's going to leave me. Have you talked to God specifically about this? Well, not yet. Well, you've got to be specific. You've got to bring these things before God and pray through that you can lead those things with God. Amen. That he can take up the battle for you. Amen. Where there's a lack of peace. Amen. Then anxiety and worry. Amen. Is definitely going to fill the void. Yet the charge of scripture is forceful. Be anxious for nothing. Not even a single thing. Amen. This thought is communicated. It's reinforced over 
and over again throughout Scripture. Amen. In other words, amen, or a case in point, we're instructed to avoid worrying about even our most basic needs. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And again, the assumption here, amen, speaking to disciples, that's not, that promise is not for someone who's lazy, right? You see, it's just, in other words, priorities have to be said. Somebody can't quote that scripture and just sit at home and expect money to fall through the roof. Amen. That's not going to happen. Someone's going to have to work. They're going to have to have their priorities straight. Secondly, we should pray about everything, but in everything by prayer. The psalmist said in 55 and 17, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. You see, the remedy for anxiety and the remedy for worry is to continually offer prevailing prayer. To our shame, when faced with care, we'll often talk with other men before we ever inquire of God. Or even worse, we'll internalize things. We'll ferment in anger or resentment. We will scheme. We will plot. We will plan. We will spend whole days having conversations, amen, with the devil, amen, assuming we're talking to ourselves. We'll submit ourselves, amen, to the lies of the enemy. When that worry, you know, when the devil just pushes the play on the all day, you know, CD in your head and you're, you're just playing over and over and going through plotting and scheming. And when you're uh, carnal and spiritually dull, you think you're having a conversation with yourself, but you're having a conversation with the devil. And he's offering you one lie after another to strengthen you, amen, and that thing that's going to undermine your stand for God. Some say that praying is difficult, but prayer is really a very natural outflow of a right spirit and a right heart and a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just nothing more than communing with a God that we will believe answers, amen, and responds to our prayers. Amen. We're all naturally compelled to share our heart with those that we're the closest with. Isn't that right? There's been people in this congregation and people, of course, that I've met over the course of my life and people you've met over the course of your life that would be considered, oh, they're very shy, they're very quiet, they're very to themselves. But usually, even if they're married or they're in a family, they'll, they'll be someone who say, well, he, he, won't, he won't talk to you, but he'll talk to me because I'm his mother or I'm his father or I'm his wife, or I'm his husband, or he's my father, or he's my mother, etc. So I'm his mother, I'm his father. Do you understand? You see, we always speak, no matter how shy someone is, amen, we always speak and 
unload or communicate with the people we're closest to. That's how you see when you find someone in fact I read the other day that people that are shy it's just you know a pride thing. Amen and I, I kind of bear witness with that. But uh you know that uh, listen to me. To to not uh, open up and to communicate with God that's that's not something that's that's unnatural for a Christian. That's that's not something normal. That's not something you should have to fight through if your heart is really right. Hey, when there's some issue there, if you find prayer difficult, anxiety and prayer cannot stand together. And we're not only to pray, but we're to pray about everything. Luke 18 and 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this sin, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. When there's faith that's present in the heart of the unbeliever or of the believer, it's going to be manifested in a life of dependent prayer. Faith always draws nigh to God. Where there is a lack of prayer, this is indicative that there is a lack of faith. That's an absolute. Don't think that you're a person of faith, that you have great faith, amen, that you're walking by faith and you're prayerless. Amen. That's a contradiction. Amen. It even says in the Bible that a mark of unbelief is to drift or to uh, draw back. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And again, let's let's be plain. Let's let's apply things rightly. When someone is not praying, someone is departing from the living God. When someone is, you see, because people, well, that doesn't mean I've got to go commit adultery, amen, to depart from the living God. You're already committing adultery in the spirit when you refuse to pray. A prayerless life is the first step away from God. And a man that's prayerless has already departed in his heart from God. That's what we have to believe. So that we would be really alarmed. That we would be moved by the fear of God when we find it difficult amen to pray. You see the essence of faith is prayerfulness. Psalms 55 and 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. What a promise that is. Whatever you're burdened with. Whatever you face. Whatever whatever inner warfare Amen, that you're facing. If you'll just cast that, if you'll pray through until you put that burden there before God. Amen. He has promised to sustain thee. The reason people aren't sustained, the reason people fall away, the reason people compromise, etc. and so forth, is because they refuse to cast their burden upon the Lord. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call call upon me and I will answer thee. There's a promise. Just call upon him and he will answer. Faith, amen, praise and faith ask. Faith praise and faith ask because of an unwavering confidence in the character of God. Psalms 84 and 11, for the Lord, God is a son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly 
under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, it's through prayer we renew our trust in the faithfulness of God by casting every care, all anxieties, whatever problems that we face, able we Cast that upon him because he cares for us. God alone can help us. And he is disposed, according to the scriptures, to do so. But we must ask through prayer. Without this, we have no promise of help. We have not because we ask not. The next thing, supplication. We are to add supplication to our prayer. And supplication speaks of a spiritual burden. Now someone, I've heard people say, well, I'm not burdened. Well, yeah, you are. Every one of you are burdened. You're burdened with something. You're burdened with your agenda or God's agenda. And listen to me, that, that depends on what your will embraces, not your emotions, not your feelings. Amen. But what your will embraces. And you can have a burden right now. You can have, how can I have God's burden? Just choose. And continue to choose. And yes, I do believe when someone is truly under the burden of God, there's going to be a sense of that. It begins, though, first by you choosing to be burdened with what God is Choosing the scriptures, what the Bible has to say about it, whether you feel it or don't feel it. Amen. But we are to add supplication to our prayer. In other words, we are to be burdened. Amen. God wants our prayers to be heartfelt. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And again, this is where you get into the will and the emotions and people, uh, you know, many times they're in prayer meetings, they're just staring at the wall, uh, they're, they're, they're admonished to press in and they always, you know, I, well, I don't, I don't feel fervent. Just be fervent. You're going to have to take a step. You're never going to be fervent. You're never going to be burdened in prayer. You're never, God's never going to make, God doesn't make people speak in tongues, does he? They have to what? They have to yield. It, it, you know, really, that, that uh, you know, being baptized with the Holy Ghost, that initial evidence, it teaches you how to respond to God. And so, you know, you don't necessarily feel anything when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Some people do, some people don't. But utterly, you, it's a matter of your will surrendering and yielding, amen, to the utterance that the Holy Ghost gives you in spite of thinking, you know, the thought I'm going to sound foolish or is this just me or etc and so forth you know if you'll stay full of the holy ghost then you'll respond rightly and that's the same thing with being burdened for god or crying out to god i don't feel like crying out it doesn't matter you need to you got to choose take a step be fervent rise up get when you take someone who will choose I'm gonna, you know, that, basically this one, I'm just trying to take, just choose. Just worship. You see, people just stand there. They're, they're not taking authority over their spirit and saying, I'm going to worship God. Amen. When you're just staring across, staring at me, amen, leading one. You know, you're not worshiping God. What a terrible thing to waste. And well, this is the thing. People are 
so dull and so carnal. They don't under, that does matter. You're to redeem the time. Amen. Every moment matters. You're ordained to be here this morning. You're ordained to be here this morning with me. You're ordained to be here this morning with your brothers and sisters. You're ordained to be here singing the songs that we just sang and hearing the message that's being preached right now. And you have to be a partaker of that. You have to be zealous. You have to be violent to go after, to be hungry, to eat what's set before you. Amen. To, to make the most, amen, of the worship service, the prayer, etc. and so forth. When you get people with that mentality, then the church is going to march forward and take ground. But when you get people just passive, just they're just waiting for money to fall through the roof, but they're not willing to work. Amen? When we sense a need, great or small, we should supplicate. That is to pour out our soul to God. Psalms 62 and 8. Trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. To supplicate is to come and lay our need before him as a child. To continually and to persistently cry and plead for his help, his comfort, his deliverance, his peace, his grace that we might glorify him, etc. and so forth. To do so reveals that we believe he is the answer. We're commanded, amen. This is not an option, amen. This is not if you feel like it. This is a command. And if he commands us to do this, amen, then we have the ability to do it. Matthew 7 and 7, ask, and it shall be given you. See, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So supplication is persistent and earnest prayer that flows from a burdened heart. Amen. And the will, again, always remember, the will is king. Amen. God is not going to judge you by what you feel. He's going to judge you by what you choose. Amen. That's what you're going to stand before God for. What you didn't and did choose. If you choose the will of God, amen, then the sign shall follow. You, you know, the word, amen, believe the word of God and the word of God will produce fruit. Amen. Signs follow the word, not vice versa. Amen. And so you don't say, well, when I feel it, I'm going to do it. No, no, no. You just take the word of God and put it into practice. Amen. And the signs shall follow. Number four, our prayers should be offered with thanksgiving, which means gratitude, active, grateful language to God as an act of worship. That means you have to say something. Are you that I am thankful? I never hear you thank God. Oh, I don't. I'm thankful in my heart. So if you're thankful in your heart, then it'll come out of your mouth. And again, you should choose. You, you have lots to be thankful about, don't you? You have lots. No, no matter what your situation is, amen, and here, there, are there, there are millions of people, amen, on the earth. You, the, their situation is far, far worse than your situation. Amen. With Thanksgiving. Our prayer should always be coupled with adoration and thanksgiving. Jesus said in Mark 11 and 24, Therefore I say unto you, what 
things serving you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This means we ought to always offer thanks and praise to God for all that he is and for all that he has done and all that he will do for us. Psalms 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You know, be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you would just learn to be thankful, you would find, amen, that, you know, lots of people when they uh, talk to me and say, well, I, I have such a difficult time finding the presence of God. Well, the gate's shut because you, you're, you're not being thankful. Just go into his presence with thanksgiving and you'll find and the gate will swing wide open. And, and don't be looking, you know, be just be thankful that you're born again. Be thankful for the blood. Be thankful for the Holy Ghost. Be thankful for a Bible. Be thankful you can read and understand your Bible. Be thankful you're not dead and in hell. Be thankful. They're just on. If you just start, amen. I don't know if I can pray even for 30 minutes. Amen. If you just start thanking God, amen, you could take up an hour and not even touch what you need to be thankful for. Amen. Our souls should be found in this exercise of thanksgiving at all times, on all occasions, and in all places. But what you find is people discontented, murmuring, complaining, complaining about really foolishness, dung, complaining about dung over and over, and losing a thankful heart. Samuel Logel Bringle. And said this, know this, that if you're not thankful, your heart is yet bad. Your soul is unclean. For good hearts and pure hearts are thankful. So go to the root of the matter and get rid of sin and get filled with the Holy Ghost and the subtle selfishness that possesses you. You see, we should be thankful in our heart and thankful in our spirit. We cannot truly make Jesus Lord. And at the same time, fail to grasp at least, you know, at, at the very least, a glimpse of the sovereignty of God. And that scripture, amen, recorded in Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In other words, if we believe that in our heart, Amen. That we're going to find place to give thanks because we're recognizing that whatever we're facing and whatever we're experiencing, God has allowed it. And if we will just respond accordingly, then God will have his way with us. Mr. Wesley said, it is a great step toward Christian resignation to be thoroughly convinced of that great truth that there is no such thing as chance in the world. In other words, amen, whatever you're facing in your life, God at the very least has allowed it, amen, for your enlargement and your teaching and your sanctification. As we trust in God's providence, then we can offer thanksgiving in every situation and all things. When we can't offer thanksgiving or we find it difficult or it's the pattern of our life not to give thanks in all things, it just simply, uh, you know, reveals that we're not understanding or grasping the sovereignty of God. Ephesians 5 and 20, give thanks always for all things unto God. 
the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the scriptures, we also learn that peace and thanksgiving are often coupled together. Colossians 3 and 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. In other words, perhaps we don't experience peace because we're not thankful. Amen. Colossians 4 and 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Number five, we must be specific in our request in prayer. Let your request be made known unto God. And that word actually means a specific and definite appeal. So our prayers are not to be general. They are to be specific. And I, and I realize, you know, we have corporate prayer. We have a devotional prayer. They're different Seasons and times and uh, maybe every season isn't the time for you to pray about uh, the most pressing matters uh, in your heart, etc. and so forth. But there needs to be some time. Amen. I, I don't I don't you know, I haven't always, you know, in in front of everybody prayed uh, the most pressing matters, but I'm going to pray about it. Amen. I have to, you know, go alone with God and cry out to Him. So we're to lay before God exactly what is needed. And we're not to fear, amen, that we're being too detailed about our prayers. Jesus said, in all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Mr. Bounds said, faith must be definite. Faith must be specific and unqualified. Unmistakable request for the things asked for. It is not to be vague, indefinite, amen. It shouldn't be a shadowy thing. It must be something more than an abstract belief and God's willingness and ability to do for us. But it is to be a definite, specific asking for and expecting the things for which we ask. In my experience as a Christian, when I'm really being led of the Spirit of God, I'm under the Spirit of God in my prayer life, I find myself being very bold, amen, in prayer. And, and not in a disrespectful or irreverent way, but simply really standing on the Word of God and believing that God is hearing. I'm praying according to His will. I can be assured that He hears me and that I'm going to receive the answer. Amen. And it's something, amen, that takes place in the heart when by faith we truly are led by the Spirit of God in prayer. God delights in the fact that His children depend upon Him in all things, whether for material, physical, or spiritual needs, we are to make our specific request known to God. doesn't matter if there's a some, uh, you need to be healed. You, you need uh, a provision in some area. You're, you're, one of your children need to be born again. I mean, you need to call them by name. You need to take, uh, you know, these needs before God and pray about you're under temptation. I mean, you're tempted to be offended, etc. These things need to be prayed about specifically. And if you don't pray about those things specifically, then you're disobedient to the Scripture, and you shouldn't wonder why you don't have the victory in that area. And finally, our reward should be the peace of God and the peace of God. And that, you know, when you really pray through, 
on a situation. No matter how, you know, much anxiety accompanies that or how much pressure accompanies that situation. When you really pray through, that's exactly what you experience. The peace of God rules in your heart. Just, I've been with Jesus. He's heard, amen, my request. I I may not know exactly how he's going to lead me. I don't know how he may intervene. I don't know the timing, etc. but I know that God has heard me. And I know I've cast this thing before and upon him. I've placed this burden upon him, and now I can walk away with the peace of God. That's the pattern. If we'll just follow this, the peace of God will indeed rule. The promise for consistent prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, and offering request is the peace of God. That's the promise to receive if we'll just obey the command. Amen. To be bound or joined or woven together. This is what this word peace really means. It means to be assured. Confident, secure in the love and the care of God. This to me means to have a conscious knowledge that God will provide if provision is needed. He will guide if guidance is needed. He will strengthen, sustain, save, heal, deliver, encourage. Amen. Whatever is according to his will that we're praying. Amen. And if we will pray through, he will hear us. He will provide. Amen. He will answer. And there is a Peace in that. A person can, can experience the peace of God only as he communes with God through prayer. There's no other way. There's no other way to experience this peace that rules and reigns in the heart. Only God can infuse assurance and security within the human soul. Amen. Psalms 29 and 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So God, he, he never gives fear, or should I say sinful fear. He'll certainly give the fear of the Lord. He'll help us, amen, to tremble before his word. That's a godly fear, and I believe we ought to pray for that godly fear. But he's never going to give us, amen, a scorpion. He's never going to give us a snake, amen, when we're asking for bread. He's going to give us peace. Amen. The absence of peace should alert us, amen, for our need to pray. That's what praying through means. If there's, uh, you know, an anxiety or an anxiousness that's pressing us in a certain situation, that means go back on your knees and keep praying. And if you'll keep praying and keep pressing the situation and, and, and uh, releasing it unto God, then you're going to pray through to a peace which passeth all understanding. First, the peace of God, amen, indeed it passes all understanding. It is beyond anything that we could ask or anything that we could imagine or think. Secondly, the peace of God, it keeps our hearts and our minds. Amen, that's what it says in Philippians 4 and 7. The peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When there is this upheaval in your heart, this warfare in your mind, amen, then you lack the peace of God. And the remedy is to pray through. The Greek word translated shall keep is a military word, meaning to garrison or to keep guard and protect. When we lay our troubles before God in prayer, this peace will stand guard at the door of our hearts and our minds. It will prevent the cares 
and the disappointments of life from overthrowing our hope in Christ. However, note that God can keep us. Amen. But he can only keep us as we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. As the prophet Isaiah said in 26 and 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You see, that mind is the battlefield. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us to take, take heed, to take captive our thought life. Amen. To, to manage our thought life under the scriptures, to guard our hearts without, with all diligence. Amen. And if we will do that and we will abide in Jesus, we'll follow what the Bible tells us here in Philippians chapter four, then the peace of God can rule in our hearts. Amen. Why don't you stand with me here this morning? Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands and just thank him for his word. Thank him for his peace. Set your heart, amen, to pray, to seek his face. Whatever pressing matter in your life or situation or circumstance that you may be facing, amen, you need to pray about that thing. You need to talk to God about it. You need to be specific. Amen. Whatever warfare you're in right now, those are things you need to talk to God about. And not just in passing. Amen. You need to have a conversation with Him. Like you believe that He is listening, that He is hearing, and that He will answer. If you had a wealthy father, a billionaire, and you had a meager death, and your father loved you, and you believe that, amen, you would go to him. You would communicate with him, amen, and he would meet that need in your life. And if you believe that God, amen, there's nothing that he can't do, amen, and according to his will, every legitimate need that you have, he will meet. If you believe that, you're going to seek him. You're going to talk to him, amen. Oh, Father, we do love you here this morning. Help us, Lord. Encourage us, strengthen us to pray, Father God. Draw us unto yourself, we ask in the name of Jesus. I do pray, Lord God, that you would pour out your spirit of supplication. You would pour out your spirit of grace upon us as individuals. Lord, in our families, our marriages, our children, on this church, Lord God, that we would indeed seek thy face, Lord God. We are hearing you, Lord. We're knowing. We're being assured that your spirit is calling us into the altar. And Father, I pray that you would give us grace to respond accordingly. We ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember to pray for those who are traveling. Some will be traveling. Today, others, amen, through the week. Amen. Brother Leon, would you dismiss us with prayer? prayer meeting tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. Hope so many of you will be. We'll see you, Lord willing, this evening.